Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Fabulous fifth hour on a Friday makes it the 25th hour of our week, and we appreciate you joining us for as many of them as you were able and are able, and hope you can ride with us all the way to 11 o'clock. Jim Rome Show follows us. Ty uh, and I are going head-to-head, five-on-five, five picks, five big picks. Both of us had winning weeks a week ago, so we're coming strong. Speaking of winning weeks, weeks Rod, again last night with the 16-13 to primetime mm-hmm. game, Primetime unders are now hitting at a 77% click, clip this season oh, yeah. if you're gambling. 23-7. Mm-hmm. It's not just this year. That's an unheard of trend. Last, last three years, actually. I know. It's the last three years. And the unders like this year, 84-52-1, and one, that's 62%. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a trend, just bet unders. Yep. Yeah, well, the NFL, the scoring's down. Actually, yeah. scoring's down to the lowest output through the first nine weeks, I believe, since 2017. The average team – in the NFL right now is scoring around 21.7 points per game. And like I said, that's the lowest uh, through the first nine games uh, in, since, I think, 2017. So scoring has been down. Actually, it was down last year, and it's down again this year. The NFL didn't like to talk about that, but yeah. Actually, I take that back. 2007 was the last time. Not 2017, 2007 was the last time you had scoring this low through the first nine weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, these, these primetime games this weekend, I mean, Vegas and uh, – the Jets, that very well could be the under again. I mean, they can't make these unders low enough. This was a 29-point total last night. Well, the biggest issue is quarterbacks. Yes. I believe at this point we have four – I believe, I'm, I'm not mistaken, 40 quarterbacks, 40 different starting quarterbacks have played so far. You've had 14 teams uh, that have had to use a backup quarterbacks, two teams that have to go to third-string quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, you got close to damn near half the league already <laughs> uh, has already had to go to a backup quarterback. And those backup quarterbacks have not been great. That's the biggest issue with the scoring, in my opinion. But honestly, the truth is, defenses are just better right now. Defenses are, are better. I think the uh, defensive back, I think we're in a golden era of young DBs. Look how many good young DBs are around the league right now. Whether you're talking about hey, the Cowboys got one in Deron Bland. You know, the Texans got one in Jalen Petrie. Everybody's got a, good, a really good young DB. They could be like an all-pro, Pro Bowl-type young DB. And they, by the way, they didn't draft them in the first round either. I was in the second round, third round with Deron Bland, mid-round pick. Yep. Um, so whether you get him in the first round, like uh, Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn or uh, Sauce Gardner, or you're getting them in middle rounds or late rounds, man, you have never seen young DBs playing this well. I think it's because they've been adapted and acclimated to this new era of cheat code football where the offense has all the advantages and all the, you know, the rules advantages and the scheme advantages. And now these DBs, who used to be shell-shocked like me, they're not shell-shocked anymore. Actually, they're evolutionary adaptation has actually been to become spread babies and now they're more acclimated in the rpo spread era of football so i think that's part of it um the quarter quarterbacks is probably the biggest part of it though the quarter i mean you don't have great quarterback play but why is the pac-12 such a prolific offensive conference right now why is the pac-12 having the best season it's had arguably in modern history of the pac-12 gonna have really good quarterbacks in that yeah. conference <laughs> watch, the big, watch the big 12 down got bad quarterbacks agreed. in the big 12 this year agreed 
Uh, all right, so that's a trend. If you're a gambler and like to have some fun, that's one you can just kind of ride with. And mm -hmm. it's been a winner all year long. 77%, that's unheard of in anything yeah. Vegas. Oh, yeah, man. It's been, it's been hidden. Been hidden all right, and I think it's going to continue. I don't think it'll stop. All right, so we'll, we'll make our picks coming up. We're also talking Texas with uh, the, the best health they've had in a month, maybe longer, with Quinn Ewer's return. Uh, according to Steve Sarkeesian, we'll hear from him coming up behind the burnt orange curtain. Sark making the announcement yesterday that uh, Quinn would go. Didn't even let a question get asked in his media availability yesterday. He just said he's, he's good to go. He's uh, he, and he mentioned, you know, we, we talked with the family. They're all good with it. Quinn wants to play. Uh, he had the Instagram post during the week that was uh, turn me loose. I'm ready to crank this thing up, and, uh, you know, the medical team gave him a full check, so he's going to get out there, and, and he was able to look good and practice, make all the throws this week, and that's got to give Texas a, a shot of confidence uh, going into this game. Uh, but looking forward to it. Uh, man, they're real good, real, real good games. In addition to Texas and TCU, you're going to have to wait till 6.30 tomorrow night to see that. We've got our pregame starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow out in Cedar Park mm -hmm. at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover. Yes, sir. But, man, Tennessee-Missouri's a good game, middle of the day in, in the SEC. That's number 14 against number 13. That'll be an entertaining football game, Rod. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's – and obviously Penn State-Ohio State, or Penn State-Michigan becomes the that's huge the game. One. There are, there are rumors out there reporting yeah. that uh, a three-game suspension could be coming mm -hmm. down today yeah. from the Big Ten Conference. Remember, the Big Ten put out a letter on Monday to, to Michigan that hey, uh, this is part of the formality, but uh, disciplinary action could be coming. Make you aware of that. Michigan responded with that 10-page letter, uh, kind of wagging their finger at the Big Ten, saying you can't do that. Um, but, you know, it would be interesting, the subplot twist here, is if it happens today and it's Veterans Day and courts are, you know, it's a federal holiday, mm -hmm. if Michigan can't get a, an injunction, because that would be the immediate so spots, uh, thought, Rod, lawyer up, get a, get a judge to stay the a suspension um, until, you know, whenever it can be appealed or heard to hear the case. Yeah. Well, you can't do that with all the courts closed. Well, do you have to go to court to, to get a judge to sign it? I think so. Okay. I think you got to get in front of a judge. Get in front of a judge doesn't mean you have to go to court. Courts may be closed, but I can go to a judge's house and get stuff signed. That that does happen. An That's injunction? A, yeah, I believe you can go to you can you, as long as you get a judge to sign. He's still a judge whether he's in a courtroom or not, or whether he's in robe or not. I still think they might have a judge ready to go. Like, hey man, would you be ready to sign this injunction as soon as this uh, suspension Maybe. drops? Oh, of course I will, because I love Michigan. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, so I, I, I would do. If he has to be in a courtroom legislatively to do it, then that's different. But if he just has to sign it, I guarantee Michigan's got a judge ready to sign it. <laughs> yeah, they, they planned for this. They knew yeah, it was Veterans yeah. Day. They got one ready to sign it. So I don't know. You're right. I don't know if he's got to be in a court or if he's got to get a judge signed. You just lawyers sign out it. there can uh, let They'll us know how that would work. But yeah. yeah, it does seem like something. I've watched enough TV movies, Rod, that they probably could get that. <laughs> oh, they. Oh, yeah. His lawyer, what's his name? Mars or whatever. What's he's he's probably got a judge. At least the one that he can he can reach out to the trust. Like, hey man, yeah. can I call you late night or early morning? Can yeah. you do this for me? He'll hook me. Yeah, I watched enough Suits. Uh, yeah, there you go, there you go, yeah. <laughs> they got relationships with judges and stuff like that. I don't, you know. But, uh. Ole Miss, uh, Georgia's a real good game as well. Hey, Ty, uh, Rod, are you ready to make picks? Ready to go on this? Ooh. We uh, go head-to-head, five-on-five. You want the first pick or you want me to go first? You can go first. I can go first. Let's okay, do that it. means you get two picks after I go. All right, Rod, my first one. West Virginia's getting 13.5 points at Oklahoma. That's way too many points. Have way you seen OU play? <laughs> yeah. OU, since beating Texas by an eyelash, their only win is a two-point conversion save against UCF. It's not great. Lost to Kansas. Lost to the, the, the Bedlam game. Not great. Now they're playing West Virginia, who's 
fighting to be at the top of the Big Ten or Big 12, and they're getting 13 and a half points. Give me the Mountaineers. Give me Neil Brown. Give me that. I think you're right about that. Oklahoma's one and two since beating the Longhorns. They only win a two-point victory. Give it to me. That's wild. It's a good pick. All right, Ty, you've got two, my friend. Okay, I'll take Bama minus 11 at Kentucky. Um, Ooh, down hot. go. Yeah, Bama is hot, and they're trending. Jalen Milrow. They're finally. minus what, 11? Minus 11 as of now. Okay. And then for my second pick, okay. I'll take Northwestern plus 10.5 at Wisconsin. Is North, have anybody taken Northwestern at all this year? They can't. Neither of these teams can score points. I'd probably take the under, too. But, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, all Big Ten West, every single week, all these games are like three- to four-point games. So, I think Northwestern can hang in there. All right. Now I need me a good uh, Big Big 12 favorite rod. And I'm going to ride Lance Leipold's Kansas Jayhawks. Hey, they're playing well. And they're only four points favored over uh, Texas Tech. In Lawrence. Hmm. I don't trust that Texas Tech team right now. Uh, Four points, not enough. I think they win that game by a touchdown or more with uh, that Kansas offense, that speed in their place. I'm taking Kansas minus four. I like that. Okay. All right. T.Y.? I'll take Oklahoma State minus two and a half at UCF. Ooh. UCF is terrible. I've said before the season they might have a chance to compete in the Big 12 this year, but clearly the lines of scrimmage aren't where they need to be. Um, None of the teams that have joined are good at ready for I, the what's line their, of scrimmage. What's their combined record? I'll Can't be more than like three definitely wins. definitely a losing record. Yeah, it's definitely a losing record. Uh, BYU's the one the closest to the winning record. Uh, Okie State's getting – what are they minus what there, Ty? Two and a half. Two and a – oh, there's a good. Give me that CBS. Two and a half at UCF. I like that. Uh, you have another pick to make because you were supposed to get two. Okay. Um – Let's take Maryland minus two and a half at Nebraska. I'm taking a lot of road favorites here. Um, I think Talia, to to his brother, can't say his name, Uh, he'll take down Matt Rule at Nebraska. They're still pretty bad. Matt Rule's actually done a pretty good job. Remember they gave that Minnesota game away at the beginning of the year, but he's got that thing turned around a little bit. So he's a good football coach. He's moving personnel, mm-hmm. moving people. But yeah. uh, Maryland, probably more dynamic you know, offensively. And by the way, Maryland's the sandwich game for Michigan between Penn State and Ohio State next week. All right, Rod, I'm going to take a uh, Pac-12 favorite. Can you give me the Washington Huskies minus nine at home to Utah? Oh, uh, okay. Utah still has no cam rising. Nope. Bad moon rising. They're different on the road than they are at home, too. And they're at Washington. Yeah, they're different on the road. And we've seen Washington can go, man. Washington can go. Uh, Michael Penix. Now they have this 250-yard runner. Yep. They're playing at home. It's receivers only nine. Receivers are getting healthy too. Their receivers were banged up. It's only nine. Michael Penix is looking for Heisman Trophy. I'm going to take the Washington Huskies minus nine versus Utah in the Pac-12 uh, tomorrow. My pick? Well, your fourth pick, my friend. Fourth pick. Okay. Uh, I'll take the Red Raiders plus three and a half in Lawrence. I've been playing. Okay. Well, playing we're going head to head on that one, baby. Yeah. I, I, I got KU? Kansas in the four. Okay. I got the KU in the four. Yes. Thanks oh, for it's four. Attention. I've got it at four. Kansas minus four. But the, okay. Well, I'll, I'll get, we can go head-to-head. That's fine. There you go. Plus four. Uh, and, yeah, look, I mean, Texas Tech's got some 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 dudes. And, uh, you know, everything runs through Lubbock. I don't know if you know that, Ty. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Everything runs through Lubbock. It runs in Lubbock. Okay. Uh, all right. We're making picks. It's Ty. My, my head-to-head, we've both made – I've got to make my fourth pick. Ty's made his, for, his fourth. Uh, can I take this one, Rod? Can I take Mississippi State plus 19.5 at Aggieland? Is, is A&M 19.5 mm. points better than anybody? Mississippi State's so bad. I know. But I, should I take that? 
Mm, 20 know. points? That, but yeah, the, the Aggies got quarterback issues, too. They do. Max Johnson's O-line, beat up. Got O-line issues and quarterback All right, issues. I'm not going to take that. I'm going to take this one. Leave it alone. I'm going to take Georgia Tech getting 15 at Clemson. Because I don't think Clemson's 15 points better than anybody. They're coming off their biggest win of the season, They too. are. They are, and it's they're back home. Yeah. I'm getting more than two touchdowns with the Clemson – with the Georgia Tech – uh, Yellow Jackets, give me GT. Give me GT plus 15. Okay. Take a big, 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 big dog okay. uh, at Clemson. I'm not buying this Dabo, Dabo mania. They did beat Notre Dame, though, last week. So, uh, give, me, give, me, give me Georgia Tech. What's your, uh, what's your last pick, Ty? Final pick, headed to the NFL. I'll take my Cowboys, minus 17. I think they're going to demolish. Oh, you don't like laying big numbers like that. I know, but. Is it all about uh, Danny DeVito? It's all, that's, it's all Danny DeVito. I mean, what, what was the well, 40 nothing week one? I don't, I don't think it'll yeah. be that bad, but I think they'll win by three touchdowns, 20 points. Yeah, he's not, that's a good point, though. The Cowboys have the, they have the highest pass rush win rate in the NFL and the highest pressure rate in the NFL, and they're going up against one of the worst O-lines, worst pass-blocking O-lines, and a backup quarterback. Yeah. Ty, Ty might be on to something there. We, and we know the Cowboys, blow, they blow out bad teams. Blow them out. They blow out bad teams. Yeah. Uh, all right, and my last pick will also be NFL-related. I'm going to take Jacksonville getting three points at home okay. against the, the 49 I think this is a really good game. And if I was a professional gambler, Rod, uh, if if I would buy this up to three and a half because okay. I'd get three and a half home points, uh, I just think it's a field goal game. And so if you buy that up, um, you know, you pay a little extra juice, the big, uh, you get that to three and a half. And this, I think Jacksonville's better than people think. I think the Niners are really good, and I think getting Chase Young is a big addition for them, without a doubt, uh, with him and Bozo. You know, a couple of Buckeyes coming off the edge, Fred Warner in the middle. That's a scary defense. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson at home, since their one and two start, they've won five in a row. They've started to get Travis Etienne going in their run game, and uh, they're getting healthier at wide receiver. Uh, so I think, I think giving me three points in Jacksonville – the Niners come in cross-country to play a noon game. Yeah. That's one of those where their time clock is going to be at 9 o'clock. It's going to be noon. I think, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a chance to get off to a good start in that game, and then I'm going to ride those three points to a victory. So those are my okay. picks. I like that. All right, there we go. Those are our five-on-five. Five. Texas, I have Kansas. Uh, Ty has Tech. I have West Virginia getting nearly two touchdowns at OU. I've got Washington at home to Utah. I've got Georgia Tech getting more than two touchdowns to Clemson and Jacksonville getting three at home. Uh, Ty has Bama. Okie State, Maryland, Tech, and Dallas, the Cowboys, coming up on Sunday afternoon. I like it. Good football weekend. We'll grade ourselves on Monday. Send us your favorite uh, locks and upsets and picks of the week, including the Longhorns now up to about 12, 12 and a half, even 13 points in some spots with the return of Quinn yours. Rod will take us behind the, the burn orange curtain uh, coming up. This is going to be a good Saturday. They're all good Saturdays from here, Rod. Uh, well, yeah, because you got stuff on the line, stuff that matters. And you're a Longhorn fan. We haven't been talking about football games that are this impactful, uh, of this magnitude in like 15 years. Long time since Longhorn fans have been able to talk. 2009. About it. That's we've the had last games time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talking about this the, import. Yeah, no doubt. Remember, by the month of November. Yes. Hopefully you don't want to forget the month of November. That would suck. No. Um, and so far, so good. You almost wanted to forget it after the way the uh, game ended last week. It nearly you, ended. U of H was also. Thank you, Chris Climbers. U of H made you want to forget the November coming up. But, yeah, I think this team, like I said, they, 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 in critical clutch moments, you see them perform sometimes at their best. And that is something we have not really seen from a Texas team in a long time. Keep in mind, this Texas defense, guys, they're top five in the country in red zone and third down defense. Top five. We don't talk about it enough. That's Texas? A, yeah. That's why they're where they are because <laughs> like, the red zone stops. Red and, zone and, and third down defense. They're, they're, they're top five. They're elite in those categories. 
That's why I'm still mad at Sark for not calling timeout of that Oklahoma drive. But he, did, still, he did call one. He learned. Game, he learned. And he's been calling them since. Remember, yeah, he, he called one last week. He's like, yeah. oh, no, timeout. timeout. He's yeah, I'm sitting here watching that Texas. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Sark, call timeout. Yeah. When they went three plays and we're to the 20-yard line, I said, call timeout. Get this team organized. Yep. They look terrible. They're missing tackles. This is a better defense than that. And uh, he didn't, and we know they blew the coverage in the end zone. And, uh, you know, there's now evidence to support that if he gets everybody settled down, PK can dial some stuff up. They may have but stopped Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma what, needed a touchdown there. And literally what happened in U of H game, they called a timeout, and then that's what led to them making like, three plays in a row so they can make stop. Now a favorable uh, spot, spot <laughs> by the officials. Yes, that also helps. I'm not ignoring that. But Sark called, the point is what he made uh, is that Sark called a timeout. Sark learned his lesson. And he's actually called defensive timeouts, I want to say, in two of the last three games. Yeah. He's called a defensive timeout. Sometimes they think they had too many men on the field at one time in the K-State game. He called another one when they were just trying to get set uh, to defend the two-minute drill. He's learned it ain't worth it to keep a timeout in your pocket if your defense is going to give up a touchdown. Like, I'd rather spend that time out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to remember, they were, they were discombobulated, and, you know, they had the play. I mean, on the play that won the, won the game for Oklahoma, they had two guys blitzing through one gap, and if they had re- taken their right assignment, they might have sacked the quarterback and ended the game right In addition there. to the coverage bust. <laughs> yeah. Where they didn't bump the coverage over with Bender. So, yeah. Oh, man, there was the – because right after they got to the 20-yard line, there was the pass interference, and there was the blown coverage, and that was the ball game. And that play is separating Texas from being the number one team in the country right now. That's exactly right. That's that, where they'd be. That and red zone offense. Yeah. Uh, they get that stop like they did to K-State and Houston. They're, they're number one. They're undefeated uh, with that win over Bama. Instead, they're sitting at number seven. But either way, still in, uh, in a good spot. Oh, yeah, we'll go behind spot. the BOC. Uh, appreciate Ty making those picks as we get you going. It is Veterans Day. I want to thank all of our veterans out there. And uh, obviously, Memorial Day is where we memorial, uh, memorialize and honor the fallen, those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. Veterans Day is for anyone who has ever served. Amen, brother. I've got several members of my family. A couple of my uncles served. And... Uh, um, my father, my father avoided the draft, Rod. No, he avoided the draft. What do you have? Some issue? Well, some he had affliction? two kids and was in college. I think it was part oh, okay. of it. He was there lucky. He would tell you, my dad was my, my dad's, uh, you know, right in the wheelhouse. Born 1950, so he was a he was a, a draftable age person mm. for Vietnam when he was in the in the 70s. And uh, hey. fortunately, he didn't have to go. Man, that's one of those great what if moments, <laughs> right? And that's on the, the in terms of the trajectory of your family lineage, your family tree, like it could have changed dramatically. Yeah. If my pops had oh. gotten drafted. Yeah, might not be here. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, everything would be – there's an alternate universe somewhere where dad did get drafted, and everything's different yeah. generations after, <laughs> right? Uh, but that's, you know, that, like, oh, that's amazing. Blessed every day, my friend. Yeah, blessed yeah. every day. But also blessed for all the folks who do yes, and have chosen to serve, including his my Uncle Steve and Uncle Jamie and my grandfather and my so brother, many others. My brother served. He's in the Air Force. Uh, got to three – Three uncles, actually. Actually, I think it's four. Four of my uncles wow. that serve, too. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's family, they have, you know, someone within that immediate family or in your extended family that has served. And um, we don't tell those who serve, not only in our life, but obviously those who we see every day. <laughs> we don't tell them how much we appreciate them enough. Uh, it's, it's scary stuff going on in the world <laughs> a lot of the times. And uh, those are the folks who actually uh, volunteer to defend this country. And they are the reason that this is the greatest country on the planet. The reason that we can live the highest quality of life that any human beings have ever lived in this on this planet is because they go out there and defend uh, the American way and the American way of life. So well said. Thank you. And the uh, world's kind of on fire right now. And we are blessed. We need them more and, than ever before. And we are blessed to be here, being defended by you know uh, men and women who are courageous and really are the they're the best of us. Pretty you no, know, pretty much because I like I said I I don't know if I have the courage to do it. 
because yeah. they do it, and it's it's amazing. I'm amazed by the stories I hear all the time about our uh, brave men and women. Well said. It says Oklahoma needed a field goal to try. That's right. The field goal was was in play for Oklahoma on that game winning drive. That's why you. That's what you said. You it's said you gave up the field goal. You already gave up the field goal. Don't, They're at the twenty yard that. line. They have a good kicker. Yeah. They're going to make this We're field goal. To, Called your timeout. Yes. Get this thing under control. And you said that on the in game live watch. I remember that yeah. after that. And it was, you're right. He should have called the timeout. That's, that's growth though. Sark is still growing too, guys. Yeah. We got to remember that Sark is still. We're still watching him in real time grow and evolve as a coach. This is the year where he's supposed to ascend from being above average. To, to good and then to great. This is the year. So I'm not surprised to see him still make some of those mistakes in terms of game management, uh, clock management. Sometimes he's overly aggressive. Sometimes he becomes a coordinator and a play caller instead of being a head coach. It's true. I think that happened in that, in that K-State game, right? Uh, you know, you think about he has the, the interception. That's interception drive. Then he, drive, he gets the team to drive down the field. He's run the football, I think, five straight times. And then he calls the Savion Red, you know, pass that ends up being a, a fumble, and they botched that. It was a turnover on downs. And then the next drive, they throw – Throw it three uh, times in a row, three and out, and then he ends up with the blocked punt, and that's what totally changes the trajectory of the game because they get momentum and they get the ball back short field, and Texas has to defend a two-minute drill, which they're really bad at, and Sark at times isn't considering all of those variables. He's just thinking, damn it. I'm so upset about the interception we threw. I want to get back and, 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 and so upset about getting stopped on the goal line. I want to be aggressive, and I want to make sure we put points on the board because we just uh, missed out on points on the board. And instead of thinking aggressively like that, he probably should have been thinking about game management. And Agreed. he wasn't. Agreed. He was in attack mode. And I understand that, but attack mode and management mode, you have to learn how to switch between. Well, you've talked about it a lot. He is a quarterback, and he thinks like a quarterback. That's how quarterbacks think. They let's do. go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, <laughs> let's go uh, score. Yeah, that's let's why score. yesterday in this spot talking to Drew Sanders about – you know, just how big a fourth down stop is. And Sark plays into that. He fuels momentum to the other team a lot of times with those, you know, fake field goals against Houston. And sure. um, the, the, yeah, just take your three. Just take your three. It quiets the crowd, adds three points. Uh, we had Nick Saban this week talking about how, mm-hmm. you, know, it, it, you know, those stops are worth three and a half points analytically. So you're talking about a six-point swing potentially and the momentum it gives because it's, it's turnover because I think we'll hear it coming yeah. up in the in the sound with Sark and behind the burn orange curtain where he says, you know, we have to stop the self-inflicted wounds of turnovers and things like that. Well, that's a turnover when you go for it, don't get it. Agreed. Um, you know, if you go for it, he misses a kick, that's not a turnover. That's just a missed kick. That's a human error. Uh, when you go for it and don't get it, which is becoming common, um, you know, I think you're hurting your ball club. I'd like to see Sark take more of those field goals, even though it does for him feel like a defeat. Feels like an L. Like, I took the loss. Actually, yeah. you took the win, sorry. <laughs> you, you got the points. The, you took the you got win. points. You went into the red zone and came away with points. The, I think the heartbreak, like you said, is to go into the red zone and come away with zero. That's what fuels the other team. That's right. We won that. That's a huge because, yeah. you, I mean, at that point, kind of like that, you're, you're defeated. You've given up points on this drive. You mm-hmm. didn't achieve your – and every drive an offense has, has you want to you end with a kick, right? You either want to kick an extra point, a field goal, or punt the ball. Uh, and if you go for it and don't kick that field goal, you didn't – Execute a good drive. Exactly right. All right, let's come back. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll take your thoughts on those things. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you to the veterans out there. Uh, we will hit the uh, what's popping before the end of the hour, including Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night and the weekend. That's his big pick of the week, uh, including the Longhorn basketball team playing tonight, Rod. We've got yes, Longhorn sir. soccer. We've got Longhorn basketball. We've got high school football. We'll get to all of it and what's popping. Hook up. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. 
No, no, it is not the start of the 9 o'clock hour here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. That is our 9 o'clock open. We play that Black Pumas More Than a Love song to uh, acknowledge, congratulations to the Pumas, that uh, that song has been nominated this morning for a Grammy Award, Rod. Oh, wow. Under the category of Best Rock Performance. Just came out a couple weeks ago. Mm, okay. Nominated nice. uh, for a Grammy. Uh, along with the Arctic Monkeys, Boy Genius, Foo Fighters, and Metallica in that category. Yes, the uh, Grammy Award nominations are out uh, with Austin's own Black Pumas again nominated for a, for one of those trophies, which is pretty cool. Nice. You can go check out all of them, but uh, there's some local flavor on there, and some of my favorites have been nominated, uh, so that is cool. And uh, so we'll, we'll have a look at those a little deeper. But uh, that song itself, right there, nominated for a Grammy. Uh, Beautiful pretty cool. thing. Beautiful thing. You got good taste, man. You uh, made one of the made one <laughs> of the uh, the intros to our segments. So. When I yeah, when well, I that was the first one they put out. When I went to go see go ahead, them, uh, it was I mean it was like kind of a smaller show, and he actually I forget his name the the singer, but he actually came Eric out Burton. To the, he came out to the crowd and was like singing in my in, in my face. It was it was pretty awesome. He's got a voice too, man. He can blow pretty good. Not well, I should say blow. He can go. <laughs> he can do it. He can bring it. It's the I think hour. they say. It, uh... <laughs> I think they use that as a term, like you get I mean, you you can sing. sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pipes, man. You got the pipes. What, in like the 1950s? Oh, he can blow. <laughs> he can blow. Yeah, see? Um, no, no, I, I think, you know, Black Pumas, you, I would say that you're the first person I ever heard mention the Black Pumas. And I remember that day, actually, I was listening to the morning show, and you brought them up, and I was like, no, let me check this out. Check them out. I had to download it. Yeah. Well, that, that entire that album was nominated. Oh, it was. That, that album was fire. It was really good. Yeah, and was the really new one's good, good too. There's some. Uh, there's some really cool tracks, and I uh, like seeing. I'm, I'm a Grammys fan. I know a lot of people hate award shows, and most of them I don't like. I mean, I, but the, the the performances are good. The performances on the Gra- yeah. Grammys are a different breed. It's not about you know politic politicking and whatnot. They get up there and sing. They put on some great shows, and you know it's a, it's a wide variety of music. So you learn a lot about. Uh, other types of music, R&B, rod and rap, and mm-hmm. you know, country and you know, oh, yeah. pop, pop, all of it. <laughs> and they'll, you know, you'll see Dua Lipa doing her thing, and you know, collaborations. They That's bring what together I really I like. The, the random collabos they do sometimes. Those and, are pretty cool. And our friend Terry Lacona, who is the uh, <laughs> the producer, of course, Austin City Limits Television, uh, the longest running television, you know, music television show of all time ever. Uh, he also is one of the executive producers of that show. Uh, the Grammys, and oh, yeah. when we had Tom Gimble giving our live music update, he would t- share stories of just how you know amazing that uh, putting on the live Grammy show is. I mean, oh, I think bet. about all the acts, yeah, and it's like putting on like well, one night. All the rehearsals, I wonder oh, my gosh. how the rehearsals work for all that. Well, I mean, these are all these are the biggest stars in the world. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you even get the schedule together? The production of that is massive. Yeah, it's got to be the, crazy. T- the t- how do you, you know, set up? Because you got people with stages where it's raining on them, and then mm-hmm. you got to go over here to this everybody's stage. Everybody's stuff is so different. Yes. Right? Uh, it's, it, is a, it is an orchestra, uh, it. To, yeah. to, an event to pull off, which that will be coming up. Usually it's February when they do mm. the Grammys and announce the winners. But the nominations were announced this morning. You can go check those out. Uh, some of the music you hear on this show has been nominated. Spoon, who we play, was nominated last year for Best Rock Album, which is pretty cool, along with the Black Pumas. So, baby. All right, so this here's a Texas. Good job, gentlemen. All the great info all week long. Pumped for tomorrow night. Hook them. Yeah, we'll see you out at uh, oh, yeah. Cedar Park, baby. The uh, field house at the crossover. Come on down. Let's go hang out. It's going to be good.
it's going to be good. And it's, uh, I think, you know, for Lowen fans, having Quinn back in there, I think that was a level of anxiety with a backup quarterback going into this game, and that should be, right? Malik had, uh, you know, made some wild plays, but also some careless decisions with the football. Having Quinn back in there, whole new appreciation Lowen fans have for Quinn Ewers now. <laughs> I remember, there, remember the, the conversations about, man, if Malik, uh, you know, if Malik ever gets a shot, that Quinn may not get, the, get to see the field again. Yeah. These, are, these are realistic conversations Longhorn fans were having. Yeah. And now I think now we can be. And that was all based on the spring game. Which yes, he played really I know. Well and and he, I know the backup quarterback at Texas is always a really popular, you know, character no matter who they are, and I get it. But I think there's now an appreciation for what Quinn brings to the table hey, as a veteran quarterback now. Hey, we know we always talk about right uh, – and the line went up two points. I think your starting quarterback is worth two, three points, especially when it's the difference between you know, not turning the ball over and turning the ball over. The oh, offensive playbook is, is more diverse. And you know, TCU is a four and five team that's lost four of their last five. Hey, best five lost team potentially in the country. That's right. Don't forget that. No, no seriously. And I, I think you're right. We're not, I mean, I'm not joking you, about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they are very beatable, too, because they can beat themselves. That's yes. the, that was the thing about K-State. You kind of knew you had to go beat them. Yep. Because they and you you tried to beat yourself in that game. Uh, this this K this this TCU team will give you some give you the ball yes, too. They will. Hey, real quick, uh, you know we talk about quarterbacks being fighter pilots. Guess who's going to be in charge of the college football playoff moving forward, according to a Yahoo Sports report. You know, Bill Hancock has been in charge of the the college football postseason for the last eighteen years. He's yes. stepping aside. Mr. Hancock is says stepping here, down. Says here, according to Yahoo Sports, in a somewhat stunning hire. Lieutenant General Richard Clark, the superintendent of the U.S. Air Force Academy, is expected to be the next leader of the college football playoff. Oh, Richard Clark, yeah. Hey. Uh, this would end a more than a two-month-long search featuring a wide range of candidates assembled from the CFP from the help of Atlanta-based Parker Executive Search. Uh, if they do go here, they're turning to a military man, the 59-year-old Clark, a command pilot with more than 4,000 combined hours of flight time, has spent more than 400 hours in combat in the Gulf War, the war in Afghanistan or in Iraq earned a host of awards, including Distinguished Flying Cross, the Legion of Merit, and the That's Bronze cool. Star Medal. That's really cool. That's going to be a guy in charge of the 12-team playoff, it looks like. Yeah, that's really cool. That is cool. On, yeah. on uh, Veterans Day, um, Lieutenant General Richard Clark expected to be the hire. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I wonder, you know, what, what, what was the deal with Hancock? Just a change, a transition, wasn't it change? Just they changing the playoff? They want I mean, to I change. I think he went on to step aside. He's getting up there in years. He's done okay. it for 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, this is an interesting hire. And it, it says here to Yahoo, a stunning hire because uh, he kind of comes out of nowhere. He also in 2020. Well, outside the box. Yeah, he's, too, be- right? he's not establishment. He's not establishment. In 2020, man. he became the first black superintendent to lead the Air Force Academy ever. So, uh, cool hire. And he, as a cadet at Air Force, he was a four-year letterman in football as a senior, helped the Falcons to a 12-1 and finish and a number eight ranking in the AC poll. I think he's overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> I run for president? <laughs> Don't you see, like, the more you read him, I'm like, uh, I, think this guy, I think this guy would do us better serving us in some other capacity. I, yeah, I watched the uh, Republican <laughs> debate the other night. Can we get him up there well, for crying out loud? I don't know you. what side he's on. but I'm like, uh, this dude's I'm over him. I'm like, he's way more impressive than anybody would have hired anyway. That's why I think it's unconventional. It's like, he's overqualified, guys. He's, he probably should be serving the country in some other capacity that well, can help us out. But let's not making the, the head of the, the playoff in the postseason. Let's make the head of damn college as college yes. sports. Yes, let's the commissioner of college football, period. All right, that's kind of Amen. Big. Shoot, that dude's really impressive. How old is he again? 59. Damn. Man, I actually feel bad when somebody accomplishes that much at like 59. I'm like, I'm 43. I need to get to work. Let's uh, go behind the burn orange curtain, Texas and TCU tomorrow night.
and they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about TCU and the Purple Kryptonite. We've talked about the TCU offense, I think, a ton. I think we talk about TCU offense versus the Texas defense a lot just because the Texas defense, the rush defense is, you know, one of the best rush defenses in Texas football history. I'm not making that up, by the way. Uh, if you look at just four, uh, the, the Big 12 in the last 15 years, you look at the Big 12 in the last 15 years, and Texas defense right now has the – are allowing the fourth fewest rushing yards in Big 12 play in the last 15 years, basically since 2009. Um, 2009, Texas actually has the record in that time span, allowing 60 rushing yards per game. Um, but Texas right now allowing 87. Uh, I guarantee you, TC won't, won't even try to get to 60. They, 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 don't, they won't try to get to 60. They'll be throwing it a ton. They'll throw it at least 50 times in this game uh, if I had to predict. Okay, let's talk about the Texas offense, though, versus the TCU defense. Texas offense now with Quinn Ewer is going to be a very different offense because you'll have your full uh, playbook available. Uh, I think when Malik was in there, of course, you're not running the full playbook because I'm not sure he was totally versed and knowledgeable and had familiarity with the full playbook. Not the case with Quinn. Um, two things, uh, three things, actually. We know TCU runs that, that dreaded three high, three down defense. Ooh, uh, so did K-State. Uh, U of H was running it too, but K-State, they major in it. So does TCU uh, with uh, Joe Gillespie, and so does Iowa State. All of them run a different version of that three high, three down, but there is no doubt we've done the, done the numbers, and I've given you guys the numbers, that Sark's offenses are less effective, less explosive, and less efficient versus three high, three down defense. As a matter of fact, you compare Sark's offensive averages here at Texas to um, the averages of his offense when they face a three-high, three-high, three-down defense. You're talking about eight fewer points per game on average. If you compare three-down uh, averages when Texas faces a three-down defense compared to when they face a more traditional uh, single-high or two-high defense, you're talking about close to a two-touchdown difference yeah. potentially 13 points per game difference so yes the three high three down it works remember last time quinn saw it he became a bit of a check down charlie right at u of h game he was just checking it down because i think he knows a safer bet for him instead of having to diagnose decipher and read and, and read a defense post snap hey i can just check it down to my guy he can get seven eight yards yeah, that's the game where be good. <laughs> cj baxter and uh, jonathan burst combined for like 15 catches yeah because it was just hey you know what they're going to give you six seven yards take after it. the catch take it and I think this was Sark told me. He was like, and I like that about Quinn. That may happen in this game, just throwing it out there, because you want Texas to play red zone offense. They're 126th right now in touchdown percentage in the red zone. And I believe you go look at um, TCU, they're 106th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. They're a worst, touch, t- uh, worst red zone offense overall, but Texas is worse in terms of touchdown percentage in the red zone. So. They want Texas to play red zone offense. They may get into a bend but don't break situation there. That three high, three down defense, that's obviously the biggest uh, concern for the Longhorn offense. Also, they, they, rush the, they rush the passer pretty good. You brought this up, E. They're second in the Big 12 in sacks. Yeah. Uh, they're second behind Texas, and somebody's tied with Texas. Like, I think it's UCF, actually, tied with Texas. But they're actually they, – they got 23 sacks on the season, if I'm not mistaken. That's second best in the Big 12. So they will get after the passer, and I think if you are Joe Gillespie, you definitely want to bang Quinn around a little bit just to see how that pain tolerance is, see if he's going to win, see if he's going to try to protect himself, see if – and one thing you don't have to worry about, I think, with Quinn that you did have to worry about earlier this year when he broke Tennessee was him as a runner. 
Remember, he was running a lot, 20 pounds lighter. He was hurting teams when they were turning their back on him as a scrambler. I don't know if he'll be encouraged to scramble. I think he'll probably be discouraged by Sark to scramble. So I think that's also an advantage for TCU's defense. I don't think they have to worry about him breaking the pocket as much. So if they try to bring pressure, it'll probably be up the gut because they want to stay away from Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, who are the strengths of that Texas O-line. But watch them in the pressure. If Texas is in predictable passing situations, then TCU might be able to tee up some pressure packages in the interior against Texas. If Texas uh, offense is going to attack a certain player, and they did this, by the way, in the K-State game. They attacked, um, what was the young man's name? I think Parrish was his name. They went after him. Uh, Parrish, the K-State corner. They uh, threw at him, um, I believe it was 12 targets at Jacob Parrish, uh, seven receptions against him, 138 yards. But he did have two interceptions in that game versus Texas. The guy to pick on in this game is Avery Helm. All right, Avery Helm would probably be the player that Texas would want to pick on him um, because he's their weakest coverage guy in the secondary. But Josh Newton, who's a great corner will play on Sundays, and Bud Clark, really good safety, he'll play on Sundays. I would stay away from those guys if I was Sark. Helm is uh, allowing – he's allowing a 106 passer rating in man coverage and a 68 passer rating in zone coverage. You get him in man – and you can eat against that guy. Yeah, Texas attacked two players uh, specifically. They're left, the, the, whoever's playing right tackle for K-State last week, they went after him yep. and uh, the, the corner you mentioned. Uh, and you got to do that, right? Do your film study and then know who to attack and know who to avoid. Yep. It's good stuff right there. That's uh, only the insight you get from the, uh, the great Rod Babers, breaking it down, getting you ready for Texas and TCU. Rod, I know we'll do our pregame show tomorrow, 4 to 6, but are you yes, feeling sir. good about this game for Texas? Uh, yes, uh, much better now that Quinn's going to play. I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't see many ways where they stop Texas offensively other than the red zone, which Texas Texas stopping themselves. Right? Yeah. Uh, and – you know, the, the injury for Quinn coming up somehow, flaring up. Maybe they hit him in the wrong spot and the injury uh, recurs, something like that. But that's the only thing I really see going wrong for Texas. I do wonder if Sark's going to be a run-first uh, offense in the TCU game, though. He's usually a pass-first guy, pass to open up the run, and close the game out with the running game. But in this game, TCU's disadvantage is clearly in the trenches. And their advantage is in the secondary. They got two NFL players in the secondary. They play a three-high, three-down defense that – obviously is effective versus Sark's offenses. We've gone through those. And if you go look at that, uh, you know, the secondary for them, um, I think that's their pass defense in Big 12 play actually has been pretty good. I want to say it's the best pass defense in the Big 12 in Big 12 play. Why would you go against – why would you what, match up against their strength when you can easily match up against their weakness and play bully ball and run to open up the pass? It's not what Sark likes to do, but sometimes you have to, you know, you have to <clears throat> adapt to what you need to be instead of what you want to be. Yeah. Channel that uh, win two years ago with uh, oh, Gary Patterson still the coach yeah. and he saddled up Bijan Robinson Man. and just ran it over and over and over. That was a good one. And because Zach Evans was chewing them up on the defensive side and kept the ball away from him. That, that would be kind of a good game plan, I think, on the road. Look, you're not trying to impress anybody, your home crowd. You're trying to win the ball game. You're trying to win the game. Uh, and Jonathan Brooks can get himself back into the uh, Doak yeah. Walker Award conversation. Yeah. And they want to shoot out. They want to shoot out. They would out. like a shootout if they can get it. I don't think they can, they can hang with Texas, but they want to shoot out if they can get it. So I don't think Texas want to slow the game down. Take and the just crowd out of it. Take the crowd out of it and run the rock. Remember, they're, at, they're, they're giving up over seven yards per rush on outside zone. Texas money playing the run game is the outside zone. There you That's go. right, baby. Again, deep dive analysis. Coming back, what's popping? It is a busy weekend, obviously. It's also a busy Friday night. All kinds of stuff going on. We'll let you know. Coming back, hook them up. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. 
What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Oh, uh, what's poppin'? This is a weekend that is poppin'. It's Veterans Day tomorrow. Happy birthday to the Marines today, Semper Fi. Yes, sir. Uh, but, yeah, man, a lot going on. Down on campus, you got the Texas soccer team that won the Big 12 uh, title. They're going to be hosting Lamar tonight in tournament action. You also have the Texas basketball team, the men, Rodney Terry. Uh, they play game number two, Delaware State. Delaware State in town. Uh, Delaware State, by the way, in their first game got – Oh, I was going to say, it's gonna, I bet that line is like 25, 30. They, they lost to Penn State in their opener 79-45. to 45. Ooh. And they shot a robust point sixty three from three point land. Oh, oh what? Sixty three. How do you do oh, that? Oh, they. Oh, ugh. It ain't good. That ain't good at all. That ain't good. Yeah. Let me see what their final numbers were. I they I'll scored. Uh, I think I'll take Texas to cover whatever the number is. <laughs> I don't even need to see what one it is. for sixteen. Yeah. How do we ever make one? They did. Uh, they covered versus uh, in coin word they actually. Did. It was like they a did. thirty point line or something. Barely. Like that. that game tonight, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, they did cover the first one, and I don't know what the line is on this one. But I do know that in addition to those two Longhorn events, there's high school football, which we're excited about. We'll have the Vandergrift Lake Travis game here tonight Ooh, on the a, horn. That's a big one with Merle and the crew. That's a big. I also one, believe that is a TV game uh, on Bally's. Uh, Craig Way, voice of the Longhorns, oh, is reportedly. Oh, see, Way's on that one. Yes, oh, so man. I guess I guess Land somebody Craig else Way. will be calling the basketball game. Uh, down on campus, but that's, uh, that's I, that makes it worth it right then. It was, it was Dr. Greg Eckert who let me know that Seaway is on the call tonight of the uh, game on Bally's. Thanks, Dr. U. Because uh, Dr. U, you know, both of those teams are outfitted with the Brain Vault technology. It's the Brain Vault Bowl, baby. Brain Vault Bowl. <laughs> a heck of a game. Also, Round Rocks at Westlake tonight. That'll be on KBVO. Vista Ridge is at Dripping Springs tonight. McCallum and Rouse. Pflugerville facing LBJ. Cedar, Cedar Park's got all the way, all the way down to Braunfels Canyon. Maybe they could, you know, just stay down there, go to Worst Fest or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kids too, too young for Worst Fest, aren't they? What about the parents? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put the kid back on the bus and you can now go to Worst that, Fest. Now, that sounds like a plan yeah. right there. Right? Uh, Worst Fest this weekend, one of the, the best times of the year. Uh, how about McNeil's at Bowie? A McNeil and Bowie and a good one. And the Crockett Cougars back in the playoffs for the first time in a while. They'll be at Waco to face Waco University. Hey, good for them. Yeah. It has been a while since. And how about Hutto? Hutto traveling up to South Dallas to face Duncanville. I just don't understand how that happens. How is that the first round? How does that get round? drawn up? It's a, it's a first round game? Yeah. How? I don't understand that. That's so weird. Uh, well, because I guess they finished fourth in the district. Because usually you end up somewhere in your region, like in they're, the area. They're, they're in that district with, like, Waco Midway. And those yeah. Oh, we're str- okay. yeah, they go north all the time. They go north, okay. It's just that weird by-year thing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but, yeah, Duncanville, Colin Simmons, Alex January, both the Longhorn commits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a test. Uh, that's like when you were in high school yeah. having to play North Shore rod early on. Every, I mean, we would play. It would be Cato <laughs> North Shore. It would be Cato North Shore in the second round every year. And the first round would be an easy win. We'd be doing – they'd be like Davis or somebody like that. And we'd do them dirty, and then we'd have to see Cato. We'd beat Cato one year. We upset him one year, and then we saw North Shore in the third round, and we got whipped. That was like Cedric Colmere was on that team, and, oh. Uh, oh, man, they were loaded. They had like eight to nine D1 prospects on that team, and they just whipped us like we well, stole something. You don't know the map of Houston. Like, I mean, Duncanville is oh. in South Dallas. Uh, Galena Park, North Shore. Galena Park's east of Houston. Yeah, it's like east. And Katie's west. I and those are the ship channel out there. Yeah, yeah. man. Oh, and then Katie. This is before Katie was divided up. 
Maybe now Katie's like eight, like five different high schools yeah, now. Katie, wouldn't you? But, I was in the district with Katie when I was in high school. And they was just, it was just one For high one. school. And, and, they they were, <laughs> and the work, from where I lived to get there, you had to drive through cornfields, man. It was unbelievable oh, yeah, trying to get out yeah, to Katie. Right. That's before, now they like, have like three tollways. Before the Beltway 8 now that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now they yeah. have the Grand Parkway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I'm, third loop in Houston. Trust me. Uh, I've, I've seen Katie and North Shore enough uh, in my time to know you don't want to see Katie and North Shore in the playoffs if you can avoid them. You can. To the last possible Or Duncanville. Time. Or Doug and they're, they're, they're one of those. We should have beat. You should have beat North Shore. Ty still like wakes up at night with nightmares. Sam, of North Shore Sam double fumbled loss. on our like oh. going in to score on the one yard line, and they returned it. It was a fourteen point swing. Uh, oh. Dominant. Sam doesn't. Bam, and Bam Bam Sam doesn't fumble. He's not. He's not a fumble lightest guy. And then he's our kicker, who's gift. one of my best friends, also a starting corner, uh, professional rugby player now, actually uh, completely botched a game winning field goal. So never gonna oh. let him live that down. All went wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, he, be a good friend. Let him live it down one of these days. <laughs> no, no, no. Trust me. He, you no, don't forget he, those things. He won't. No, I, I, don't, I don't, He'll I'm never with, will. I'm with Ty. So I, I still, to this day, I'll think about that Oklahoma game in 2000. I'll, I'll remember those bad, big, the big bad games where you should have won, and it haunts me. I, I start drinking. I think, I think, like I think really about the, uh, <laughs> the Westridge Middle School game where I scored six points for the other team by snapping the ball over the quarterback's head three times in the end zone. <laughs> Your dad didn't talk to you for there a week? You go. Yeah. No. Ty's a competitor. Ty, do you have a, uh, a Sex Panther pick of the night? I like the Cowboys. Or the most. weekend? I think I, Cowboys I the most. Stick with my Cowboys pick. Hey, uh, what else? What's popping? Because I've told you Ranger fans about uh, the Rangers reports of signing Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. How about this, Rod? Uh, Danny Burke says, I had two sources very close to the Otani situation say that the Cubs, Cubs have a better than 50% chance of signing him, have the best package to offer. You Darvish has sold him on Chicago, talked up the city and the organization. Hey. Keep an eye on the Cubs. That's Dang, you Shohei and Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> Damn, brother. Windy City Rockets. The city's going to be rocking. Yeah, so we, that is, that, in addition to the Longhorns run at the Big 12 Championship and uh, <laughs> NFL hitting its stretch, oh, uh, that you know, Otani pursuit will really pick up here. Shot town. The baseball Shohei hot time. stove will be cooking for sure, and that will yeah, be the right. biggest name. All right, Rod, have a great weekend, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. Fieldhouse at the crossover, Cedar Park. We'll be there 4 to 6. That's right. Come live. We'll be strong with you. And get ready for Texas TCU at 6.30 tomorrow night. That's live coverage. We'll see you out there. Fieldhouse at the crossover with our friends from Bud Light, Rod, and myself, the Horn Crew. Uh, Ty, thank you. If you missed any part of our show today, uh, check it out on the podcast at hornfm.com. And thanks to all the veterans. Happy Veterans Day to you and all. Thank you.